The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. And Connect Skateboard Shop. Get your you get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. That is Kinetic Skateboard Shop. On the Ricky today, we will look back at Live Ricky 3 and our interviews with Dario Sarich and Elton Brand. We will finally give our takes. We have not given our takes on the podcast of the Markel Fultz Players Tribune shooting video. Uh, Elton Brand was on the low post. Uh, there was some. There has been some more talk about Jimmy Butler, so we'll talk about that. And we will prepare you for preseason basketball by raining out an indoor game. Uh, without further ado, here's Run the Jewel. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rice of Ricky Sanchez. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is about to do the podcast version of the flu game. That is Mike Levin. Mm. Mm. Flu gaming it up over there, aren't you? That's right. Look, it took a lot out of me to be uh, to be so on at the right. live podcast and uh, shake all the hands, kiss all the babies. Yep. And uh, this is what happens. Yep. Um, I sacrificed myself for the people. For the people. For the people. You took uh, you took one for the team. I also said, apparently, I re-listened to it. And I said, wow, so many a times. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many times. Wow. You did. Wow. Just wow. nothing but. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit, the uh, the live Ricky, which is our, to this point, our, our crowning achievement, I believe, but we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss us a little bit more. I need to ask you, in the, we've been doing this for a little over five years, five and a, uh, a quarter years. Where in the rankings of, boy, that's so uh, Sixers, is the fact that they have now had a game and a scrimmage, both indoors, um, both canceled due to like indoor moisture. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny that it wouldn't, it didn't happen at the uh, at PCOM, which is more, it feels more of a PCOM thing. Yeah, but that. the, it, it does feel like a PCOM thing, though the palestra is right. mighty old. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is that, uh, yeah. I don't blame them for the palestra. I don't blame really the Sixers for any of it. It's funny. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it's low on the list because there's the list is so long. Yeah, Zach Lowe's and, talking to Elton about it, and he like barely scratched the surface. It's like, come on, man, not even close. I think, I think the best thing to come of it. Well, first of all, this it didn't even surprise me at all. Like it wasn't. The, to your point, it doesn't scratch the surface. It's like, oh, they they canceled it because of the weather. Wait, it's it's just hot out. <laughs> What are they talking about? But the best thing to come of it was, I don't know if you remember this, but when 
You remember when they had to cancel the game because of the wet court, right? Yeah, I'll never forget okay. Keith, Keith Pompey's hand, his moist right, hand. Okay, so that, that's what I'm getting to. So the best thing to come of it, if uh, if you don't, if you're not a Twitter person, you should follow Keith Pompey. Is a Sixers beat writer on Twitter. Pompey on Sixers is his Twitter. So we had the wet hand, but for this one, I don't know if you saw it, but we had boy is Keith hot video and he was sweating and wow. he was <laughs> I like that <laughs> I mean, it I'll, I'll check it out <laughs> it was the long awaited sequel to wet hand was uh was Keith's wet face so uh, boy boy oh boy it's a shame because this podcast would have had a lot more content had they played basketball the other night because we would have seen Markel, at least. But now we've got to wait till the Australian team preseason game on Friday for that Good. to happen. I don't want any basketball. We've had nah. too much. Went to the playoffs last year. That was a lot. I still needed yep. a little bit more time off. So much basketball. And then the whole Twitter thing. And then, I don't know, the live pod. <laughs> we, we could use a month off. Aside from the, the two weeks off, it really didn't seem like we had any weeks off. Right, right. They barely even seemed like weeks off. The Willie Green five-star Apple podcast review. Mike, we're closing in on 2,000 five-star ratings. When we get to 2,000, I'm going to have to do a four-hour podcast that nobody's going to want and I'm going to complain about doing. So, so get us to 2,000 with your five-star rating. This week's review comes from Motown Phil. Now, I'm curious to see what you think of this. The pod is dangerously close to being the rights to Ricky Sanchez now on the Ringer Podcast Network. Listen while you still can before Simmons ruins everything. Five stars. Now, do you think, thanks for the five stars, do you think he meant that we were very close to being acquired by the ringer or that we are becoming like the ringer? I would say more that we keep having ringer guests on. Oh, right, right. But we do have two people banned from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, why don't we we're, – we're just going to keep hitting it until we talk about it. Let's talk about the the live show, which um, which I would – so have you listened – I don't listen to our podcast really ever. Uh, I'll listen occasionally to about th- three minutes of something. And our other live podcasts, I thought, aside from the TJ interview, were, were <laughs> close to unlistenable. Yeah. I mean I would turn it on – first of all, we couldn't hear ourselves, so I'm screaming most of the time. Um, nothing's really happening, you know. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think the other ones for the the few minutes I listened to were good. But I went back and I listened to this whole thing, and it did appear to be good, you know. So I know, like, certainly me, more sensical than the others. Yeah, were. there was a lot more. You, there was almost no podcast part of it. It was all like show part, you know. Mm-hmm. If it, the only podcasty part of it were, were the. You know, everybody else says live podcast. We do live show. That's what we do. But um, the the, the uh, I think the sound was better, of course, first of all. But the uh, it did sound like something. It did sound coherent. So I know when I listen to, I'll, I'll specifically mention Pod Save America, which I'm sub- subscribed to. When I see that it's a live one, I'm just like, eh, fuck it. So if you do that with us, I would say you should definitely go back and at least listen to the Elton interview and the, the Dario interview because and the Dario interview is a, a bit of an all-timer I would say it's fun to listen and hear the crowd like slowly realize Elton Brand is there that was yes fun. yeah that now was there a is a surprise. 
there is a YouTube video. It is a uh, I we paid some guy to do video, and boy, it is not good. It's not a good video, <laughs> but it's 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 up on our YouTube page. And in the beginning of it, it is so dark that you can't see anything, literally. But by the time the Elton thing happens, you can see it. So you can see the Elton thing happen too. But the uh, the sound of it is very funny too. That slow roar, and I didn't hear you live going spike, spike, spike as he walked up behind me. So first, thank yous. Thanks to Rich, Brian, Michael, Jerry at uh, Bowery Presents, uh, North 7th, a.k.a. The Electric Factory. Rich and Brian specifically dealt with a lot of my manic behavior with the, in the two weeks prior to. Uh, obviously, our sponsors. Zainab did all the graphics, so thank you. Um, we, we tweeted about her a lot, so if you need a graphic artist, please go get her. Uh, Felicia for singing a touching rendition of imagine the process which was very good had the crowd um standing when i told them to tanner of course for designing the posters jack fritz of wip for stage managing as i yelled at him for six straight hours cindy uh from wip who handled the vip stuff jared hart from uh who i also work with did all of our video and audio stuff and uh and put a lot of work into it a few weeks before. Of course, Elton for deciding to stop by. And Trapiano Bus Company, the official limo of the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast, has now transported um, Pablo and TJ and Dario all to live Rickies. Pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, there are Process Hall of Fame t-shirts on our website. They're only 19 bucks now. And they are the nice tri-blends. And we have about 50 posters left of the autographed ones and we'll be putting them online soon so um and thank you to everybody who came that was crazy yeah yeah it was the electric factory it was uh it was wild it was a really fun time i I, uh legitimately had a very good time listening to it it afterwards i regretted a million things that i said but uh (laughs) in the moment i was enjoying myself stupidly yeah, I, there was a moment right beforehand, I think, while the fake... Oh, thanks, Kill a Cow, for the fake Bill Simmons intro. Of course. Really set the tone. 45-minute yeah. intro. Here's where I knew that it was going to be good. When that was playing and everybody was sitting quietly listening to it and laughing at the jokes. <laughs> like, it was so long. Uh, but there was a moment while that was playing that we were backstage and I started to get excited when... I knew that it was going to happen. Like when I looked out at the crowd and I knew that the show was going to happen. Yeah, like I was, was busy backstage trying not to engage in conversation with your dad. He, I, <laughs> it felt like he was like wanting to talk to me and I was just walking the other direction like consistently. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you everybody who came. I, it was unbelievable to sit on that stage and do it. The So a couple of people asked, I wanted to talk about the Elton interview. I want to talk about the Elton interview and the Dario interview specifically, and if there was anything else you wanted to touch on. So a couple of people asked on Twitter how the Elton thing happened. Um, Like, it was pretty simple. I give he and the team, obviously, a lot of credit for as quickly as they said yes, basically. Like, Like, it was as quick as Elton got named general manager and did the press conference and i would say within hours i had suggested it to uh, elton and the team and they said yes almost immediately um there was no uh there was no um what's it called there were no like provisions there were no obviously i i 
I didn't want to, want to make him feel bad. I want to make him feel good for doing it. But the um, like the the fact that they that I was like, hey, we're doing this live podcast in front of a thousand maniacs that um, that pay to take pictures with a Sam Hinkie banner, and Elton was like, cool. I thought was was pretty amazing that he did it. Yeah, no, he was great. It's very game. Yep. Uh, the crowd did chant "Normal Collar" at him, which I don't think he loved. No, and I don't I, think he loved. It. It's not. It, I there was some confusion. I think he he didn't love it because he didn't want to say bad things about the Colangelos. That's of course not to me yeah. what it was. Not that he thought that they were making fun of his collar. No, no, he it didn't. Was, he is wearing a normal collar, and yeah. then they're just chanting the, normal collar. The, the the famous "Find a New Slant" line from the lost burner accounts. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah I know. I, how could you even explain that to him? Yeah, I don't think he was. He didn't think anybody was making fun of him. Obviously, that is a awkward situation. And I don't remember. So I do remember him like pulling on his collar or something. And then I said that is a normal collar, which was the mist- was definitely the beer talking. I mean, without question, was the alcohol responsible for that very stupid thing that I did? And then the normal collars chant. Boy, oh boy. He did say, trust the process on Early. his own. Early. Early. I was going to ask him to do it. And, yep. Uh, but he, he did it himself all by himself. I think it's really good that he, like, Brian Colangelo was like a, I guess he's the palate cleanser. I can't, I don't know, I'm l- losing the metaphor. But we had Hanky. Everybody was loving him. It was great. And then we had the, the, the inverse of Hanky, and it was like, this is bad. And now that it's, if, if Elton was right after Sam, I think people wouldn't. Would have, would have been immediately negative towards him. But because you've had the Colangelo buffer, Elton can be like, all right, like Hinky brought him in and he's a, he's a good guy and he's a former player and he's good as a player and he seems like a charming guy and he came to the live rookie and that differentiates him from Colangelo. So it's like, all right, yeah, we can be on, we can be on his side. And as I said on the show, he gets the one-year yep. uh, Stauskas pass. pass. Yep. We're just being honest about it. We are, you know, what am I, I going to do? Chris, the, he is... He got the job of Sixers GM, and as, as sitting GM, two days later, he came to that ridiculous fucking thing we did. I mean, yep. there's we have no choice but to give him a pass. And chose to enter on a bit. Yes, on, on, on you a talking, bit. On, on you talking shit about him and him surprising you behind behind you like a wrestling heel. Yeah, I, I even I gave them the option of like we can just do this normal. I said here here are my my like here are the different options, and they were like the funny one. And I was like, all right, and it worked. It definitely worked. And he came. So not only did he say trust the process early, but he said uh, he he knew. I asked him about the the journey of like getting signed to the contract, coming back to the Sixers, and now that he's GM and like isn't it that whole path is a strange path and he goes he goes you know i'll take you back to sam hinky asked me to have breakfast (laughs) he knew what the fuck he was doing yeah and then you were the great line of the people love breakfast (laughs) it was he was he was really good he uh he came with jokes i think you know, it was uh, it was good listening to the Zach. Obviously, Zach Lowe didn't want to ask him hard questions like, "Can you touch the two of us at the same time <laughs> while sitting?" <laughs> sitting he probably cut that part out. <laughs> so 
I he's the the sitting GM of the Sixers, and he he came to the live, Ricky. So yeah, it was good. Thank you, Elton. Yeah. It was cool. And there's a million things I wish I, I wish I would have asked him that I did. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it was I think it was good for the for the show. He did say at one point early on, I now, I'm forgetting the wording now, but he said, "Oh, I guess Mike talks a little differently in person yeah. or something." <laughs> yeah. What was that in reference to? No, I think it was like the. I think that's the the bit. I don't even know if it was in reference to anything in particular. I think the the bit is you guys are negative. Like okay. you know, yeah. That's fair. And and we, we I think we were we were decidedly unnegative toward Elton on our, our podcast actually. The one beforehand, I think we were you Yeah, know, it's, it's dis- definitely not decidedly. an Elton thing. It's definitely not Elton yeah. specific. It's just very this whole Sixersy off season yeah. that it's been. Yeah. Um, uh, J- Jack also told, told told me Jack Fritz told me that uh, right before Elton came on, he told he told him that I was doing the Ben Simmons show, <laughs> and Elton was very confused by that. <laughs> I don't think he can, can manage to put that together, which I get. I I don't I don't know that I would be able to be able to add those things up in my head either. Well, it, it's enough to just explain what that even was, like what was even going on there. And then, and then that tie-in is, you know, is <laughs> poor Elton. <laughs> poor Elton. He did great. And, and, and you did, Jack did do an excellent job. He did a bad job at the lottery party, <laughs> but did a good job at the live Ricky. So, so thanks, Jack. So then the Dario interview. I think what is clear from the Dario interview is that he gets every joke. He... Like, he was more than aware, you know, whatever language barrier is, that is there, is whatever, like, whenever he was being interviewed by Molly Sullivan and he didn't get something, I think he just chose not to. Because he, everything, we, even when you asked the flumpy clumping thing, like, he, he still got what you were saying, you know? Uh, I don't know. Well, because the phrase it, makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> You can tell, yeah. I'm, I can see how he gets a clumpy flumping in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he was great, he, and he definitely. He's. It's. I can't imagine how hard it is to be funny in a second language. Yeah. And because I have like a base understanding of a couple of languages, but I, I'm never funny in them. So for Embiid and Dario to both be funny in English is is really impressive. Well, the the TJ jokes were oh yeah like w- when he blamed TJ when we're watching so one of the things when you're listening is we explained what happened but we're showing plays and he's watching them and he 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 very slyly blamed TJ and then when he said when you asked him about TJ he just said like he needed like a friend yeah and, like he saw well because it, it was weird I remember in his rookie season it was like you could tell that he didn't have any friends yet and then. It was like, oh, does Dario not have any friends? I remember tweeting about it, like, this is sad. And then all of a sudden, the, him and TJ's romance sprung sprung out shortly thereafter. And it was like, yes, he does. Now he's good. Yeah. And, everybody, and everybody loves him now. It went from being like, who's this weird guy that I don't really understand? To like, he's easily the most beloved person on the team. It, it was from the moment. So the first question we asked him was, uh, what made you finally decide to come over? And he answered in a, talked about, it taking years and years and he obviously got it he made another coming over joke later that if he had known the crowd would have been like this he would have come over sooner uh it was he was fantastic now the basketball stuff uh, we, we asked him about coming off the bench and he was very clear that 
he wanted to be a starter. And AU pointed out in his article about the live show is that that is like the one basketball moment that at some point this year may become poignant if Fultz is legit. Yeah, you know, I think I think both play. both Elton and Dario were uh, for different reasons. I think pretty like. Uh, not like a sanitized version. They they seem mm-hmm. pretty honest. And for Dario to be like, yeah, I want to start. Everybody wants to start. I think that's his, that's his kind of personality. To uh, to not just be like, well, whatever helps the ball club and Fultz is great. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I do think the the best version of this team is Dario off the bench with a little bit more playmaking roles without Simmons or Fultz on the court. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that back, yeah. and that doesn't mean like he could still finish games that way. Uh a lot of times I think yeah. I think he could be a, a finisher and play 27 minutes a game or something like that as yeah. a super sub. I think he's and with as hard as he goes, you know, I think as hard as he plays rather, I think that may suit him better. You know, I, I don't think that's a negative thing. I just you think, think he, it's the way you, th- you think he plays less maybe unlocks a little bit more athleticism. Well, I mean, if, you know, that was always a, it, I think it's a thing about a lot of players that are, you, that, that are better as 25 to 27 minute guys because of how they play. You know, I think, you know, one of the, I don't think he isn't starter capable. I just think the way that, first of all, with Ben being the point guard, sort of, um, it does put Dario in a, in a funnier position, you know, uh, because Ben if we have two guards on the floor with Markel and Redick, then Ben becomes the f- the four basically, or the the three mm-hmm. with Covington there. So it just it just he's 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 a little less versatile. And on a different team, he might be a starter. But on this one, I think the best version of it is he is a uh, he's a bench guy. Uh, he did say when you asked him about defense, he did say I don't remember the words, but he said he d- nobody cares about defense basically, or who cares about defense. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, and uh, honest. And he was. He did say in, the, in his exit interview how much he cares about defense and how he's going to work on. It. I, I was hoping for an honest question. He's like, "Okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm uh, sliding my feet laterally a lot." I was. I wanted yeah. to hear his workout, but he just uh, wants buckets. He, he went for the buckets. <laughs> he went for the applause lines, and I, I don't blame him. And and finally, he is as as we've we've been very stupid, I think, in previous pods in not asking yeah. our guests to say the name. And Dario said the name, and that was a perfect way to end it, I thought. And he afterwards, like every, now three for three with players who have been at the show, when I asked them what they thought of it, they were like, I had no idea it was going to be that like that, in a, in a good way. I mean, he was, he was thrilled afterwards. I think he was really impressed by, all, by the, the crowd and how well he was treated. So thanks to everyone who treated him that way. Yeah, it was great. And I, I went back to his... Uh to his room after and we you know sat on the couch for a while put our arms around each other had a nice long <laughs> talk no he's great and he's the best ever he's just a very uh genial guy that is happy to be here and and i think because he didn't grow up in the system of like aau ball and stuff like he's not used to having all these people like around him and like know who yeah. know his name and stuff maybe 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 in nationals for croatia that's different but i, I, still, I still think he didn't experience like the full excitement. He's always seems to be surprised by people that care about him. And I think that's yeah. a very charming quality. Yeah, and and this is the like that on steroids. Like that that room is fans, you know, on uh 
you know, as about as extreme as, as one as one could get. So, yeah. so to AU's point, the the guy left is Embiid. Um, AU wrote in his article, "Fuck it, we're getting Embiid for the next one." I, I'm glad that AU uh, is able <laughs> from a distance to make sure that that happens. So, so I'm going to put that on Underberger uh, to make sure that that happens. So, would be uh, very cool. Yeah, he's the last one. The last one. The last of the core four. You have anything else before we move on? No, I just thank everybody for coming. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. My parents always have a great time. My sister is there. Everybody was just like having a nice, nice evening. James uh, Herbert, CBS. People, oh, I do want. I did want to say this. I did want to say this. Actually, I forgot. Um, uh, Matt from Norway. Uh, go Matt ahead. From Norway sorry. got the Bleeding Green Nation guys. Ton of ton of good folks were there. Um, Felicia and her sister. Everybody was very. Everybody was just like very nice and easy to talk to and, and very fun. Um, but the we always say this in the, in the sense of like, oh, it's so great that the people that listen to this podcast and that come to the shows and stuff are like nice people. And like when they bump into people, they're like, oh, I'm sorry for bumping into you. <laughs> like there's no fighting. It's not like the typical right. Philly fan stuff. Um, but especially when in the same week that there's a lot of talk about like barstool sports and how the like vocal angry mob mentality there is used to like attack people that say negative things about them and like really go right so far down the direction of, of, of harassment. The fact that we, you know, there's levels of angry mob cult, like, uh, adjectives you can use around our people, but I think it's in a self-aware sense and it's in a fun sense and it's not in a, we're legitimately going to attack you sense unless you're like Ben Golliver ranking Covington too low. But I, I just think right. it's, you know, the fact that it's, are the people that were that are around us that are with us are like good folks that are like thoughtful and caring and nice. Uh, I think it really makes a difference. And um, everybody talks shit about the internet, uh, rightfully so. But my experience on the internet is really, for the most part, like a very lovely time filled with people that say nice things, and we talk about this crazy team that we like. Well, I think I think it's you know obviously the the crowd is. Uh, not all male, but mostly male. But I think that anyone uh, who's female does n- not feel like intim- Like it's not an intimidating, bad place to be. To your point, it's a uh, it's certainly a welcoming place to be. Um, Justina, who, who is from Providence Animal Center, sent me a note, uh, and she said the vibe and overall passion from the followers of the podcast is unlike anything I've ever experienced. It's uh, it's so cool, and I deeply appreciate you guys letting us be a part of it. Like that, that's a nice thing to hear from a you know a charity that's there. So, yeah, and Sylvester um, from Go to Buy Kids said the same thing. Everyone, yep. everyone, it's great, and that's yep. you guys. So thank you all for being not shitheads. I appreciate that. Yeah, Felicia said, whenever you guys need me to sing again, just like I said to her, I was like, what do you think we do? Like, you, I, we'll get you to sing again, sure, I guess. But uh, but we, this is the first time we've ever had singing at all i think in, in in anything that we've ever done true yeah um well maybe that's the pivot you know we've all we always wondered what we would do when the team gets good so Finally, maybe we just spike goes back into to music to music yeah rock spike goth spike yeah. i was never goth never goth uh the line between me- i mean you're gonna get mad never. at this but, but the line between like metal and goth is pretty blurred right no that that, that sounds like somebody who who doesn't know anything about metal? <laughs> I knew you were gonna get mad. 
I'm not mad. It's just not the same. I, I, I would have no problem. I don't have any, like, I wouldn't have any shame of being goth, but, but metal people and goth people, while there are, like, collisions i guess of some music that they are they are different they're definitely different is it the is it that like metal people <laughs> like jump around and and like get and push people while it's on and the goth people just like walk quietly as as there's like loud music in their headphones yeah i think is that, that the metal metal is a little more about of a uh, release of of energy uh than than goth is like goth is more of a a mood and a culture and i think metal is more of a an attitude and a, a an energy but and you like the metal you don't like the goth uh i like some i mean i i existed more in the metal like world i was never a goth person or like i never like got really pale and you know wore all black or anything which i guess from afar could look like a metal guy but it's not okay it's not yeah um, that's very funny that <laughs> you thought it would make me mad. <laughs> uh, we take a moment to talk about our sponsor, uh, who is pivoting also to exclusively making beds for, uh, millennial basketball fans to sit on stages during live podcast shows. That is big Barker therapeutic dog beds. Um, you know, those two guys sitting on stage got to see the difference in Big Barker. And I love there that both a, of them had dogs. Both of them had dogs. I asked, you should have seen their faces light up. I told Eric from Big Barker afterwards, because we didn't say at the start that you could keep the beds. And I went over and I was like, do you guys have dogs? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, you can keep the beds. And their faces lit up like it was Christmas morning. You know why? Because they knew how their joints felt after mm. sitting on those beds the entire time. Um, most dog beds are bullshit. They would have not been comfortable to sit on during that entire show. They're not even really beds. No, Big all the other dog beds that you would sit on during a live podcast on stage would be <laughs> terrible. They wouldn't be comfortable at all. No, you wouldn't I even enjoy the podcast that you're there live no. sitting on a dog bed for. You'd be like sitting on the floor, but you're sitting on a big bark or you're sitting on a real bed. These things are, are engineered specifically for dogs and, and notably big dogs who have a lot of trouble finding the support that they need to sleep on. And uh, their joints are just like our joints. They develop arthritis. They get sore joints. And if you're sleeping on the shitty beds, it makes it worse. They sleep on a big barker. It makes it good. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky and get your Big Barker dog bed for your dog with the free Rup Ricky upgrade, the Big Barker dog bed with the cover that has a very tastefully embroidered rights to Ricky Sanchez logo on it. I did like that as we were talking about Big Barker, people were screaming about arthritis and being 50 pounds and over. It was great. Um, and, and I mentioned uh, they're, they're, they, they have these beds for dogs up to like 150, 200 pounds. They get huge because those dogs develop arthritis more because they're supporting more weight. Uh, but if you have a small dog, there's the Barker Jr. 10-year warranty. The foam won't flatten or they'll replace it for free. And you laid on it. How did it feel? You oh, laid on it for a moment. Lovely. Lovely. I, I, lay, on a, my, I, I lay on Donovan's Big Barker. It's a Barker Jr., but so I curl up. A 365-day at-home trial. Try it for a full year. If you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it, full refund. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> we didn't talk yet about the Markel Fultz shooting video. Yeah. What's your take? I mean, he's shooting. The, the thing that I had heard 
and that Elton said in the in Zach Lowe's was that he was shooting threes in five on five, which I had heard, and I was mm-hmm. I heard that it was mostly off the dribble. But in the in those videos, obviously he was shooting off the catch, which is nice, and that's very relevant to to him playing with Simmons and really anybody. Embiid uh, when he d- gets doubled, all that stuff. So, I mean, is it the most beautiful form I've ever seen? No, but he's catching the ball and shooting it like a human being, and it's going in sometimes. That's really all that I needed. So I'm thrilled. I would say that the positive that I took from it is that we never saw any videos that looked like that last year. So whatever it was, we didn't even see him shooting them last year. So that is a positive I will take from it. Um, I am not ready to take the um, Drew Corrigan from Bleacher Report uh, leap and uh, put seven googly eyes and a bunch of wet emojis um, and think that ever like I'm I'm certainly eager to see him play mm-hmm. like um, you know there is a one of the things about about um, in general even like take Markel Fultz's issue uh, like what's happened over the last year put it away imagine you're taking a guy in a normal situation and you're trying to work on his form and make him a better shooter. Well, what can happen is, is when you're shooting in practice, it can be fine. And then the minute that someone is bearing down on you, you go to what's comfortable and you sort of regress. And that the challenge is getting it so it becomes the natural motion, doing right. it so many times that you don't regress when there's pressure. And that is what is interesting, what, like I think will be that I'm most looking forward to is to see him I mean, I guess this is all obvious. It, I just, I wasn't as relieved as everyone else was to see it, but I was still relieved to see it. I guess that's where I'd put it. I just need him to shoot threes in game, to look moderately competent shooting foul shots. Like anything over like sixty-five percent from the line, I'll be happy with faults. Yeah, especially considering the way it looked last year. Yeah, like it didn't. You know. And if that's the case, then I don't have to track down Drew Hanlon and murder him in cold blood. Uh, but otherwise, I will. I will have to do that because well, of all the hype that he's given himself, and it's got to. It's got to turn. It's got to come to fruition, Drew. He okay. better be right. He better, he better be, be right. right. And we'll bring him on stage of the next live rookie to get to be stoned by if the he's crowd wrong. if he's wrong. Yeah. I asked WIP's own Jack Fritz at work the other day when we thought they were going to have the scrimmage. He is a Mark Fultz believer through and through. There are a couple of players in sports that when I mention them to Jack, if I'm critical at all, he starts making sad eyes, uh, and Markel is one of them. So I asked him this, and because the scrimmage didn't happen, I'll ask you for the preseason game that's happening against the Australian national team, which is sort of like my dream. I can't believe I'm going to be in Nashville when it's happening. Um, Markel faults, three-point shots. During that game, the over-under is .5. Over. Okay. Ta- I take them. Take seven. I don't care if they go in. I don't care. Go over seven. Doesn't matter. Take them. Well, I don't care. Uh, like I-, I need him to take them. Yeah. I need him to take them. Yeah. yeah. I need that to happen. Hopefully. Did you see ben- Ben's new uh, free throw form? I did not. There were some videos from the from the first day or two of training camp and uh, his new form, and I-, I like I like the new form. Uh, that is not something that he and I worked on together, so I don't take any credit mm-hmm. or blame for that. I just want to make that clear. 
up front. Um, but the biggest thing with Ben is that he, or at least at the line last year, was that he uh, he sort of rushed it a bunch of times. He didn't seem to have like a rhythm a yeah. lot of the time. And so yeah. if he's developing a rhythm and a, and a comfortable place where he's getting that, uh, that, that hand behind the ball and really getting that elbow in, then I think he'll be able to get it up to, if he shoots 70% from the line this year, that'd be huge. What did he do last year? In the 60s, well, he, right? he didn't, you know, to your point about him not having a rhythm, he didn't have like a thing that he does every time, mm-hmm. you know, that, he, that good 56, free throw 56% from the line this year. If he goes to Which 65, 70, that, that's, yeah. that's huge. What did you think about, <laughs> every time I ask you about Ben Simmons, it's going to make me laugh. We need the but, uh, HBO as an initial investor in the ringer disclosure form yeah, at the bottom of every right, podcast. Right, of every one of them. What did you think when he came out and he was like, I'm not going to shoot threes this year. I don't know what you guys are expecting, but uh, you know that's not something I'm going to do this year. Um, I thought, I didn't hear it. I only read it. It felt a little like, dismissive of shooting threes like that was a crazy thing to think um so you know i don't think any of us thought he would come in shooting two or three threes a game but the idea that he's going into the year saying that he's not shooting them i guess is a little like for me a little come on man um yeah i don't know i don't know if it's i hope he shoots threes i mean we see him take them in practice um i don't know that i i I think it's probably good to set the expectations at like I'm going to get better. I'm going to get a little bit better every year, which is usually the case for people's jump shots when they're when they're opening them up, except for Aaron Baines in the second round of the playoffs last year. Um, I still have nightmares, but like, like if, if Ben does, if, if, like, if his foul shooting improves, if he can step into a couple 15, 16 footers off the catch, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need him to all of a sudden be James Harden. Um, where he can make people pay if they go bu- go under on a screen or give him a, a breath of air, anything like I just need him to be able to. When when Embiid gets doubled and the ball swings to him, and he's wide open, I would love for him to be able to step in and hit that shot, whether it's as a three or whether it's like an eighteen footer or whatever. Just hit hit the open shots so where the defense has to pay attention to you. And I think that's what Brett said in the quote, which was like, he knows that he has to look at the rim and make, and keep the defense honest. This is the first time in his life he's had to consider that because he could always just get to the rim at will and he still can, but spacing wise, you want to be able to keep the floor open. I have one final thing to say about it. Ben shoot a three. You coward. I think is what I would say. Wow. So, so his, so his brother saw the picture of sharp wearing the shirt and he goes, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And I explained to him and it was, it was funny. And he was like, okay. He didn't. He didn't. He had never even seen the shirt. Before. I, no, he he knows the shirt. I think he's, oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure that the, the the Simmons camp is aware of the shirt. I think shirt. Ben has commented on it or like joked about uh, it or something. But it uh, is a. It is. I will honestly say that I wish, like I wish that was a bit that we had come up with for somebody. Well, the word is, coward is really good. I it's think that's so funny. That's yes. why it should always be there. And I think <laughs> it's it's an inherently funny thing to say yep shoot it through you coward it's, it's fucking so funny i i am most of their the celtic shit is terrible cuss cries that one, they're still going for it by the way yeah. you know oh they're, really they're still doing it yeah like the hashtag and like the words the letters that are capitalized there it's so nonsensical honestly i need to like a 
file an appeal with the league office because <laughs> there's no way they should have won that series with fucking cuss cries all over their arena. Oh, what idiots. Fucking um, racist-ass organization. The <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> the organization. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the, the, the things that were on the... Okay, here's what I had left. I had Jimmy Butler... Uh, Alton Brand on low post. I had a couple of things from that. A couple of Twitter's questions. Fly the process. Let's talk about Elton really quick. What you get? What do you, okay. what do you want to ask about that? Well, just uh, one thing that I thought he said that I thought was we all know, but I thought was interesting that he said because every there's a combination of hey, uh, we don't need to get somebody right now, and we need to get somebody right away in terms of like that third star. Yeah, and he put it into context when he was like, "Look, we're gonna have to pay Ben soon." I like I like hearing him do that. Also, yep, he was like, "He's gonna get a max deal." And uh, that, and we lose that money when that happens. So our window, if if our third star is not on the team right now, and he did he did open up that possibility, but I think you know that, that nobody's counting on it right now. Uh-huh. If our if if that third star is not there, our window to go get that guy is is small. It's like this year and next year. And I think he knows that and you know he said it out loud you know as general manager and i thought it was important and good that he said that yeah i agree i agree uh across the board i think uh i also liked hearing that Embiid is like a just a mean son of a bitch in practice and just like anytime a new big guy comes in he's like i'm gonna play him off the court and elton elton tells them like make sure you're ready like if you need to like meditate for a couple minutes before you go on. Like just make sure you're ready because he's gonna bring it to you. I thought that was really cool. I like hearing Embiid is like this, you know, like this guy that works so hard and just like competitive spirit and all that stuff. Because we've there's been plenty of, you know, mostly before he started playing, but plenty of bad Embiid stories about the Shirley Temples and the 300 pounds and all that stuff. Uh, so hearing him just being like, I am healthy, I can play, and I'm going to play hard at all times and kick some people's asses is just this is awesome awesome he he mentioned again about the hawks i think it's funny that that the the one-sided rivalry and when i say one-sided i mean just me that i have with the hawks now takes another step as them trying to hire elton brand is yeah. another thing yeah, and we're, com- we're coming there fly the process for yeah and then um i think that was everything that i had oh i thought it was you know one thing that Zach Lowe said about he was talking about how much money Elton had made as a player and that the motivation for him to be general manager I, this is not a basketball thing but the motivation for him being for him being general manager must not be financial because he already has a lot of money yeah like that seems that the, seemed dumb to me it's so dumb because first of all most general managers are making a ton of money too after a couple of general manager stints, you could say that they don't need to be general manager anymore either. And well, then why are half of the players in the NBA trying? <laughs> they all have tons of money too. Yeah. You know, like uh, not all of them, but even you know, even Robert Covington even has a ton of money now, and he's not a star player. Um, it seemed like a weird vibe. Yeah. Uh, most most of them are not, though they are being paid a lot. They're not in it to keep. Either oh, the other thing is that people assume once you have like thirty million dollars, you don't want 
10 more million dollars mm-hmm. like everybody wants more money like that. that it was just it was a strange line of questioning i thought yeah and, that, and not that part, true that part was very odd was there anything else that's worth talking about aside from him saying Fultz is taking threes in in four no. and five on five no uh, some thought, of the stories were it. some of the stories were good yes i think the, elton I, still is in a weird place where like there's things that he won't talk about mm-hmm. but if you get him to talk about something he will say all of it you know what I mean? Like he's not right. He, I don't think he's at the point where he he can tell a sanitized version or give a sanitized answer. He's either not going to answer it or he's just going to tell you like the real, which is yeah, interesting and kind of refreshing. Yeah, I, I thought just the the story about him being amnestied and then the story about him being yeah. traded from the the Bulls to the Clippers, and I believed him. You know, he was saying that he was like it's business. I get it. I I believe him. He seems like that sort of guy that would get it. He's a smart guy and a, I think a reasonable guy. But I, yeah, th- I thought sure. they were all good stories. And it yeah. is so interesting that the Sixers amnestied him and now he's their GM. That's just a weird, specific It's crazy. Thing. It's absolutely crazy, you know? Um, yeah, that's all I had on it. Um, Butler, fly the process, Twitter, what do you I got? wish I had asked a Jimmy Butler question, uh, Alton. I, I know he wouldn't have a- uh, answered a specific, but I, I would have asked a version of this article, which I sent to you. Uh, there's a Jimmy Butler article in uh, on the Stepian, which is a website that does good basketball stuff, a lot of uh, NBA draft stuff specifically. Um, but it's, it's about Jimmy Butler and fit versus value. And I would have asked him, Elton, like a version of how much when you're looking for that third guy, whether you think it's, if it's say it's not false, say you still want to bring somebody in if you can, um, how much do you, do you factor in that conversation of, of, is it a good fit? Does it have to be a perfect fit? Are you, are we getting too choosy? Like how many guys into next off season are there going to be available that would fit that perfect role? And this article, um, by this guy uh, Ben Rubin says basically like it, it it specifically talks about the Sixers and says his offense his defensive fit is perfect um, point of attack defensively uh, switch on everything uh, be a dog and offensively he has improved his catch and shoot three point numbers to where it's legitimately good. And he can be a secondary ball handler and initiator. When Simmons isn't on the court, he's a good passer. He gets to the line. Uh, he can play off ball, all this stuff. Is it is it worth just having a, you know, top four, four or five, three and D player in the league? And, and to say, yeah, maybe he is intense or whatever, but... There's personalities. You're never going to find the perfect number one personality. All the t- everything's not going to fit perfectly. So why not just go get the guy? And so I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth. My, the thing that this article doesn't talk about that I that I get worried about with Jimmy is if you're going to give him that five year max afterwards, I worry about how many minutes Tibbs has put on his body well, and how and how he- worn down he is. He's been hurt a lot. Like yeah. he's played sixty-seven ga- more than sixty-seven games or more twice in his entire career. Uh, that's not a lot, you know, for a guy that is now thirty years old. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I think the thing that I don't, I agree with the article in that the fit does not have to be perfect, right? There are only so many guys that you're going to, especially 
the, the two best players you have right now, the fit isn't perfect right now, you know, with Ben and Joel. So the odds that you're going to bring in a star player who, by the way, is going to demand the ball because most star players do it to some to some and, and you already have two guys that demand the ball already. The fit's going to be not perfect anyway. I think there are a lot of things that don't add up with the Butler thing. I think that's that's my issue. I almost like in ter- the fit doesn't totally add up. I think um, the the miles and the injuries and the price doesn't add up. I think also there's something to be said for a guy who is an eight but thinks he's a ten and wants to play as a ten even though he's an eight. And I think Jimmy Butler is that guy. Jimmy Butler cannot be the best player on a championship team. He cannot. Yeah, but he wouldn't have to be here. But but my point is he thinks he is, and that that is like he is always. This whole bullshit. Everyone says that, you know, well, he is tough on his teammates because he just wants to win. That's horseshit. Like, that's not how leaders, like, leaders don't walk around talking about how everybody else on the team doesn't work as hard as them. You know, they inspire the other people on the team to work harder. Yet, everywhere he goes, there is like this, oh, thank God he's gone stuff when he's going to leave and mm-hmm. I, like that that is a real thing and you can't the, the way to get the best out of people and the best out of teammates is not to just shame them for not working as hard as you do you know and i i think he thinks that he is better than he is and i would i i think he would be definitely the, a great second or third best player on a championship level team but until he gets it in his head that he is not the guy that the offense runs through every time and that he's not going to get the ball at the end of every game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, ha, has I just, there been I stuff think, about him that where that specifically was a problem? Because that's, I, I don't know. Well, I, I haven't heard stuff about like him not getting plays run for him or him. He's he, he passed. He's not a ball hog. He like, he's a good passer. He's a better passer. This article talks about him being a better passer than Paul George. Like he he can involve his teammates. He can play team basketball. I think he just gets he just grinds on them, like day to day, practice, working hard, caring about it, whatever it is. Well, and Co- he has specifically said that he thinks he's a point guard, like that. You know, to me, that means I have the ball in my hands. Sure, that, but everybody in the Sixers is a point guard at this point. Right, right, right. Very true. Very true. I I just think uh, that he if it was if there was one of the the mileage on his body mm-hmm. or the personality stuff. Right. If one of those wasn't there, I would be all in on trading him. And as of now, I'm like, I go back and forth. Like if, 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 if nobody's willing to give you that much of a, that big of a deal for him and it's, and it's the cost is like, you know, Covington and the Sixers, Sixers own like 2020 pick or something. I, I would probably say yes. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't love the idea of trading Covington. Because I love him, but uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade three years of Covington for one year of. Well, then up. the idea would be you sign him for for a f- four or five years afterwards. But but th- that would be horrifying to me. I, I would be totally scared of a four or five. We uh, like I look at these other teams that sign players at that age with those in, with that injury history yeah. to that sort of deal. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, imagine 33-year-old Jimmy Butler making $38 million. It's like, oh my God. I hear you. What way to, yeah. For sure, and that's and that's the risk right. you gotta run. But like, they'd have three top 25 players in the league. And mm-hmm. that's really good 
he's a really good player. I th- I probably think he's better than you think he is. I think I think I'm I'm higher on Jimmy than than you are because he he manages to be efficient while still playing the kind of basketball he does. He gets the line a ton. He's physical. He works on defense. I I guess I trust Brett in a sense to sort of blend these personalities and make them work. Um, but yeah, that's for sure. The, that would be an issue with the injury history with the, with the wear and tear on him and then the, the personality. We'll do it like two Twitter questions. I wanted to mention because we haven't talked about it yet. Bust the process four, which is fly the process going to Atlanta, the theme this year, finding Paul Millsap. That's right. For years, we have not known who Paul Millsap is. We have heard he is in Atlanta. So in March 2019, we will take a trip. Three nights in Atlanta, March 22nd to March 25th. Here's what you get, Mike. Round trip, nonstop airfare, Philly to Atlanta. Three-night hotel, four-star Hilton, downtown Atlanta. First of all, we're going to take over. Nobody goes to those fucking games. <laughs> we're going to be People so People are going to be at the game this year, for sure. Trey Young? There's not going to be anybody at those games, Mike. Yeah, no. come on. I, no. No, people are going to come out to see Kevin Herter and Omari Spellman. <laughs> no, uh, on the roof of our uh, hotel, there is a basketball court. We have access to the rooftop basketball court all weekend. We have That's a three-hour yes, which is awesome. A three-hour all-inclusive pregame party, real close to the, the arena. Beer, wine, barbecue. Um, ticket to the game, obviously. We'll get an on-court photo after the game a Fly the Process t-shirt. We're going to come up with that design. On every ticket, there is a a $10 credit. And because nobody goes to the games, their concessions are cheap. So like $5 beers, $3 hot dogs and nachos, whatever. Um, So there you go. You reserve your spot for $150 a person. Um, Price as low as $6.99 a person with air, $3.89 a person without air, which is an awesome deal. We had a great time in Chicago, Milwaukee last year. We had like 500 people. So go to rightstrickysanchez.com. And if you're already in Atlanta or if you're coming from somewhere else, uh, Joe can come up with a package for you. So in March, fly the process. You're going to be able to make this one or no? Probably not. Possibly. I would love for you to be there. It's yeah, so cool. weird. If I'm not, yeah, it's a good time. One, if I'm shooting, if we get picked up to pilot for the, the, the for brotherly love, then that would be when we were shooting it. But that'd Probably be a good not. reason to okay. not show up. Okay. Um, couple or of Twitter or questions. May, or maybe we're shooting in Atlanta, and that that's which hey. that would be a good reason to be there too. Yeah, Who knows? I'm way ahead of myself, guys. Too ahead of myself. Let's pull it back. From Mike. What is your Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia sports mascots? Obviously, in the, in the, uh, with the, the big story this week in Philadelphia being Gritty, the Flyers mascot, do you have a Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia sports mascots? Obviously, the Fanatic is on that Mount Rushmore. Fanatic, hip-hop. <laughs> yep. yep, of course. Swoop? Swoop on it? No. No swoop. Swoop's not on it. Buck swoop. Uh, Big shot. Andrew Bynum. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm going to go Gritty. The googly eyes is crazy. It's, I got a picture with Gritty the other day. He looks just as crazy in person as why? he does. Why Why does he have googly eyes? Why does that make <laughs> him more gritty? Yeah. What about googly eyes is gritty? Oh, uh, man. From Eric, how much mead was consumed by you two during the live Ricky? So 
Armaniac uh, uh, community at the Live Ricky kicked the mead uh, in in like a half an hour. So I had one small cup of mead. That was the only mead I had, and then I had I, beer. Beer. Afterwards. I had three. It was very good. Good mead. Yep, real good mead. Um, from Froggy Frog fifty three, camp has started, and some new Sixers have still not tweeted. Trust the process. Is it too early to consider trading them before the opener? I bet there's some team, but prior to Elton saying trust the process on stage, I bet there was some some team like, hey, do you, don't say that anymore. It's kind of in the past. We're not doing you that think? anymore. I, I think so a little. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. Did you uh, see that video of the the foul shots? The the Markel one I saw. No, the it was. Well, I guess it was including Markel. It was the video after where practice. they had to run. Yeah, yeah. If they miss foul shots, they have to run. And so there's a whole video, and it starts with Mike Muscala, and then it goes to is Markel after Muscala. I don't and remember. Then, no, it's it's Landry Shamet. And then Fultz. Chemet. And then uh and then Dario, but he misses, which is really funny. Uh, uh but it's so it's so cool to see all the guys there doing their like it's it's such a high school drill. Yep. Um and seeing these guys that are like millionaires and obviously very famous in their own right, all sitting there being like, I hope my teammate makes his foul shot so I don't have, so to, I don't run. have to run. It's just yeah. a really relatable uh, thing and I, I just I, I just thought it was really cute. It was cool seeing them play basketball. Yeah, jeez, they're a fun team. They're good guys. Come on, this is a um, nice team to root for. But this it might not always be the case. I I'm happy that these are our guys. From Bobby, what was Spike's experience like auditioning to be the PA announcer for the Sixers? Um, so this happened when they had gotten rid of Matt Cord and they had Tom Lemayne. And then they had tryouts to do it, and I did it. And I ended up in the final 10, but I think they just did that because they, to be nice to me, because I like the Sixers, because I had no business being in the final 10. PA announcing is way harder than I thought it was. Like, really, 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 really hard. Um, like, like, excruciatingly hard and they ended up just giving it to Matt Cord again who by the way they made try out for it like was at the tryouts Matt Cord who had done it for 15 years or something strange so yeah yeah that was a long time ago it was very scary had that and, had that happened oh, would we have would we be doing the podcast in the arena during the game <laughs> yeah. yeah on the PA yeah um, maybe you never know you never know what would have happened mm. uh, and final question this is from Scott so on this goes back to the Elton Brandlow post podcast and he said on there just to give a little context here that he knew it was getting serious with the owners that he could get the job when they started asking him specific questions about the team and about players and uh, they were asking him would you rather have this guy or that guy he didn't mention the players but you know he had a pick so Scott asked the question Brand was talking about on low post was Embiid versus Simmons, wasn't it? That being assumed, what is the right answer that ownership wants to hear? Do you think there is? I, I mean, they have to have asked him that. Yeah, I'm sure that I, I didn't actually have. I, maybe this is just me. I, yeah, I guess it was after that would have been after this, but in my mind, it was like 
Luau or Justin Anderson. <laughs> I was I was thinking like fringe <laughs> rosters class. I was like, okay, this is who they're talking. These guys versus this guy. Okay, yeah. And this is now the first time I'm considering that it could have been Embiid or Simmons. Um, <laughs> what's the right answer? I think the right answer is obviously both. Like it's it's crazy to think in 2018 that you can win with just one superstar. Yeah. You have both of them, homegrown. Find a way to make make it work on the court, off the court, everything. Because there's so many teams that would kill to have this, and you can't fuck it up. You watch Minnesota fuck it up. You watch Oklahoma City never quite get there again. There's so many teams that have it and then lose it and then never get back there. And we just can't screw it up. I'm doing my part, having a show about him set, set in Philadelphia. <laughs> But I need the Sixers to also follow through and keep them happy. And, you know, for so, for so long, we, we were plan for the future, plan for the future, plan for the future. Rightfully so. And I don't, I don't want to mortgage the future, but we're here. The team's good. They're, the East is open. Go, go get to the finals. Do what it takes to get to the finals. And I love that 2021 pick. I'd be fine to just have it forever and wait for and and use it when the time comes or to use it in a trade to get somebody else. But those are the kind of things where it's like there's no guarantee that Simmons is going to be healthy. There's no guarantee that Embiid's going to be healthy. Fultz the jumper, all the things. Contract, uh, salary cap space is getting limited, all the stuff. (laughs) You're just doing basketball word grab bag I know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, sick, I'm sick but i'm just saying like there's nothing nothing is guaranteed so go get to the finals and probably lose to the warriors but get there sure and and we will uh feel good about ourselves and do another retune again yeah sure why not and um and the warriors might beat us but as andrew underberger said the warriors never played the electric factory goddamn so. right Goddamn right. All right, we will talk to you on Saturday, and there will be basketball to talk about on Saturday, Whether un- unless weather gets in the way. There will be basketball to talk about on Saturday before the Sixers leave for China. So um, I'll talk to you Saturday. I hope you feel better, and that's about all I got. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know look face. It's always weird saying it on stage, even weirder. Oh, terrible. Yeah. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile.